Hello and welcome to Q&A with the Doc. Today, the Doc is in to answer the question, what is eschatology and what should I believe about it? We also want to let you know that you can find an outline of the different positions accepted in orthodoxy at Dr. Sean's website, drseankeels.com. Now, let's hear what he has to say. Several have asked the questions lately. What is eschatology and what should I believe about it? First, eschatology is the study of the end times. It's the study of the future and what we believe based on the authority of the scriptures will happen when God consummates history. There are four primary different convictions concerning eschatology within the Christian church that have been accepted as orthodox teaching throughout church history. Outside of these, the, any teaching has not actually been accepted in orthodoxy. So what are these four positions? One is an amillennial position. Amill, uh, the amillennial position, holds that the thousand-year reign of Christ is not a literal reign. Now, this is making reference to what is written about in the book of Revelation when it refers to a thousand-year millennial reign toward the end of the book. Uh, it also would be what some refer as the missing week in Daniel, the 70th week that Daniel prophesied about, believing 69 have been fulfilled and the 70th week has not. So the Amil holds that the thousand-year millennial reign of Christ is not a literal reign. It's simply symbolic. The amillennialist believes the consummation of God's kingdom will take place sometime in the future. Another position is the post-millennial position. The post-mill holds there will be an extended period, not necessarily a thousand years of peace, and the world will grow better because of the preaching and teaching of sound Christian doctrine. This position, the post-mill, teaches that the current age that we're living in will see the nearly universal rule of the church and Christian principles will largely influence the world. The post-mill believes that we're living in the symbolic time of what's referred to in the scriptures as a thousand years, simply just a long time. And in this time, the post-mill believes that Christ will return after the world is fully Christianized. In other words, we're living in the time today and the world will get better and better and better. And when it gets more Christianized, then Christ will consummate history. Another view of eschatology accepted within orthodoxy is the historic or covenantal premillennial position. The historic premill position holds that Christ will return to the earth visibly and physically to reign and rule for a literal thousand years. This position holds that his return will be sudden and through supernatural means. The covenantal or historic pre-mill believes the kingdom is essentially the culmination of what is known as the church age or the age of the Gentiles, and it will happen sometime in the future. The fourth and final position that's accepted within orthodoxy throughout church history is what is referred to as the dispensational premillennial position. 
the dispensation premillennial position holds a similar position as the historic or covenantal premillennial position. However, the dispensationalist understands the essential nature of the kingdom to be a little different. The dispensationalist believes the thousand-year millennial reign is the culmination of God's promises to Israel and not the church. So the dispensationalist would see us in the church age and that there would be a rapture that would take place sometime in the future where the Lord would come to the clouds and call the church out of the world and then that missing week in Daniel, that seven-year period referred to as the tribulation would take place and God would use that seven-year time to pour out his wrath on the earth as a last attempt to turn Israel back to him and that Israel would receive Jesus as Messiah. At the end of the seven-year tribulation, the second coming or the glorious appearing of the Lord would take place. And according to Revelation 19, the church would return to the earth with Jesus to rule and reign for a literal 1,000 years. And then God would consummate the history of the world as we understand it, bringing in the new heavens and the new earth in what we would call our future eternity. Now, some in dispensationalism believe the rapture takes place before the tribulation. Some believe there to be a mid-tribulation rapture, and the rapture would take place in the middle of the seven years. This has a lot to do with because the second half of the tribulation has often been referred to as the day of Jacob's trouble, and as a result, believes that that seven Uh, the last three and a half years of the seven years, the wrath will be more intensified and the church will escape this intensified wrath at the halfway mark of the tribulation. And then there are those that hold that the tribulation will take, or excuse me, the rapture will take place at the end of the tribulation. What's important for us to note as we study Bible prophecy is an anonymous quote made years and years ago that should hold true when we're studying any doctrine that could be viewed slightly differently. And that is, in the essentials, we must have unity. In the non-essentials, we should have liberty. But in all of our convictions, we should have charity. What that simply means, if there's a doctrine directly related to salvation, we must be unified around the fact that there's only one way to get to heaven, and that's Jesus. John 14 and 6 sums it up. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. In the non-essentials, that would be like eschatology. Non-essential doesn't mean it's not important to study. It just means it's not directly tied to salvation we can believe a little differently and still be saved. And also, we can still have fellowship with one another, be a part of the same church family, even though we don't fully agree. And then in all of our convictions, essential and non-essential, we're to have charity. That means we're to love one another simply 
because Christ loves us. I hope this helps. If you have more questions, please email me at drseankeels at gmail.com and I'll do my best to give you a biblically grounded answer. Thank you so much. And as we close, remember, God loves you and so do we. Have a great week. Thank you again for joining us on Q&A with the Doc. If you have any questions for Dr. Sean, you can send him a message on social media at at Dr. Sean Keels or send him an email at seankeels at gmail.com.